Yeah, at least you tip cool. the guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, it was that or punch him in the throat. So <laughs> 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 Peekaboo, you fucks, you. I see you, you motherfucker. Do you want to talk or do you want to bet? We had two bags of grass, 75 pellets of mescaline, five sheets of high-powered water acid, a salt shaker half full of cocaine, a whole galaxy of multicolored uppers, downers, screamers, lappers, also a quarter tequila, quarter rum, case of beer, pint of raw ether, two dozen animals. Counting cards is a foolproof system. It's also illegal. It's not illegal, it's frowned upon, like masturbating on an airplane. I'm pretty sure that's illegal too. Yeah, maybe after 9-11 where everybody gets sensitive. <laughs> Hey, what's up guys? Julian here, and I just want to give you guys a little rundown of how this episode's going to work. We're going to actually have to cut it down into about three parts. Our first recording just went over about two hours because, you know, we talked and discussed, you know, with the upcoming football season, both NCAA and NFL, we thought it'd be a good idea to give you guys some football betting tips, strategies, and of course we have the casino stories, shout outs, all that good stuff in the podcast as well. But we had our buddy Vince on, who's one of the casino managers here in the Valley, and we thought it'd be a good idea to get some of their strategies and the way they look into the football betting scheme. That being said, Kelly, Eric, and Vince are really into the football bets. And I'm, you know, I dabble into it every now and then, and we'll, you'll, you'll hear later in the podcast on, you know, how and why I got started with it. But for the most part, I had questions for them on, you know, what their approach looks like and why they bet things the way they do and what some of the lingo means in the first place. So again, if you're newer to this and you've always wanted to jump into some football bets and stuff, these guys help you out big time. I know I was definitely paying attention. Getting back to it, this is probably going to end up being like a three-part series. Well, I'll promise to have the first two parts up by the beginning of this weekend. That way you know when the football season starts, NFL, you guys are ready and looking at lines and looking at what you should be looking for. And the third part will probably be up early next week, if not by Thursday of next week for sure. Because our buddy Eric is actually in Vegas at one of the Vegas vacation events hosted by the 360 Vegas podcast. So we'll patiently wait for him to get back so we can cover some of his Vegas stories and some of the bets that he got to put down. So yes, I'm by myself in this intro. Cause I'm all alone. There's no one here beside me. My problems have all gone. There's no one to deride me. But you gotta have friends. Stop singing! Well, it's no wonder you don't have any friends. Wow. Only a true friend would be that truly honest. My wife even mentioned, hey, why do you put so much time into this podcast? Because you know what? It's super fun. This is a hobby I really enjoy doing, especially when people reach out to us on Twitter. Hey, you know, really enjoying the podcast. New listener. Love what you guys are doing. This is like listening to homies talk, and I'm really enjoying it. So it's a lot of fun to do. So again... I do it for you people. I don't believe you people. What do you mean, you people? What do you mean, you people? Also, with that being said, I do want to mention the podcaster's football betting pool that we got going on. 
So there's about six different podcasts. We'll talk about the names later in the episode. But our buddies over at the Seven Out Podcast, that would be a good idea. You know, I have a football betting pool between the podcast and it's not for bragging rights. There's actually money on the table. So this has been a lot of fun to actually look into. And we have Eric on our side. We have uh, Vince, who's also interested in it as well. So we brought him in along and, you know, we're looking forward to having fun with this. And, you know, we're looking at, you know, what what teams people are going to pick on the weekends and see what their rundown looks like. So, again, this is a lot of fun. Again, to the guys over at the 7-Out Podcast, you called us out. We're here, baby. <laughs> but it should be a lot of fun. All that being said, you guys, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Let's jump into it. guys welcome back to vegas confessions episode number 45 we are back this week and i'm always joined by my two co-hosts hi i'm kelly i'm eric and we got our buddy vince back vince how you doing man hi good how are you guys doing good doing good and this week's episode we wanted to talk a little bit about the upcoming season of football and sports betting and i know eric kelly and vince you guys are real big into the sports I dabble into it a little bit, not too crazy, but I know you guys have your theories, your process, the way you guys lay things out, so I'd want to discuss a little bit more into that, but before we do, let's jump into some shout-outs. You guys got some shout-outs? Yeah, my shout-out this week goes to Adam Bauer, a travel fanboy. He's been uh, putting out some good content recently. I've really been enjoying it. You know, he stepped away from his uh, Vegas background but kind of feels like he's uh inching closer and closer back to it as time goes on so uh yeah keep uh keep doing what you're doing adam very cool kelly you got any yes i think i want to give a shout out today to mr matt bridger we had a great little conversation with him earlier and he is such a nice guy just very down to earth um great personality um there for the fun so much like we are. And it was really nice to get to talk to him and get to know him a little bit better. So, Matt, thanks for the conversation today. We can't wait to meet up with you. Very cool. And I do have one. I have a gentleman by the name of Kenny who reached out this past week. Apparently, he just found the podcast, is really enjoying it, had some awesome things to say about us. And when it comes to awesome things said about the show, I have been reading the iTunes reviews that we've been getting lately, and we'll cover those in next week's episode. But Man, they are great. I just want to say one of them started off with, Callie makes this show. But they didn't use Callie. They used Janice. So, (laughs) yeah, I thought that was such a great time. I'll take it. Yeah, it it was pretty good. A lot of positive uh, feedback about the show, about what we're doing. And they're really liking Vince, by the way. So, Vince, keep it up, brother. All right, Vince. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I actually do have a couple. Oh, Um, nice. I wanted to give a shout out to my dad, my uncle, Um, my friend Bobby and my New Jersey family, they are the most electronically disabled people there are. (laughs) And they are 
giving every effort to buy new phones, anything you can imagine to try and get these podcasts going. And, you know, they live 3000 miles away and it, it really means a lot to me, the support that they give me on, on everything that I do. It, it just means a lot to me. And so I wanted to say thank you to everybody back there. One of these days, it'll be me and Eric and we'll hook up with the family or something. My dad wants to go on one last AC trip. So uh, I was talking to to Eric about that. Another uh, actually shout out that I wanted to give is actually to you, Eric. I can't get into too much detail, but Eric and I had a conversation and it has to deal with business. And there's a big business decision that's going on in my life behind the scenes right now. And he gave me some of the most invaluable information you could imagine that really helped me and really made me pause. And I just wanted to say to Eric, thank you for taking the time and and having that conversation with me that we had. Um, I really appreciated that. Anytime I can help, man. No problem. Eric is that kind of a guy. (laughs) And then last, I wanted to give a shout out to Iowa, North Carolina and Puerto Rico. Uh, if any of you have been noticing in the news the last couple of weeks, they've all started their sports gambling. Oh, they nice. are, they're all on the boards now. So it's just, here they all come. It's going to start trickling one after another here pretty soon. And hopefully California is not too far behind. So I wanted to give a shout out to them for getting on the ball. There we go. I know Dennis from Iowa is super excited. Yeah. He was posting about that too. So I know he's a big Hawkeyes fan and, Again, California, get your shit together. Let's go. (laughs) Awesome. So before we jump into the football stuff, I do want to share a couple stories that happened this week. This uh, past week before we took Sydney out to the airport and her and Kelly flew out to Georgia, Kelly decided, you know, let's have dinner. I was like, okay, where? And this was actually the night we recorded the last podcast with Eric. And uh, she called me. I was getting ready to start editing. And she's like, hey, uh. You want to go to one last dinner with Sid? I'm like, yeah, where? And I hear Sydney in the background. She's like, Olive Garden. <laughs> and Kelly, I don't know. She's like, the casino. And I'm like, fuck yeah, let's go. So we ended up going to the casino. Ended up having a great dinner and a great time with her. And of course, she was getting a little nervous about the flight and getting out there and doing her thing. But she is now out there. She's loving it. So again, that was that was super fun. And after that, I went to Stadium Blackjack playing some dollar blackjack having a good time with the dealers and Callie was on some video poker and I decided you know what I'm gonna dabble back and forth between Baccarat and I started jumping into the dumbest game we can play in roulette sure enough I was just betting colors on it and just having a fun time with it well out of nowhere this guy sits down next to me right (laughs) Asian guy super cool dude he's like hey he's like what's up man so he started talking, we started going back and forth while well, he sees me playing blackjack and some Baccarat, and he was only playing Baccarat. Well, he tells me, hey man, I just hit this natural 9-8 bet twice in a row. I was like, very cool, and he started with like 60 bucks, he was now up like 300 bucks, right? And he's like, just throw a dollar on it, you never know, it, it'll, it might come in threes. I was like, okay, threw a dollar on it, and, went, and it hit again. So it was a 50 to 1 bet, we did it again, he's like, I'm going to do it one more time. And sure enough, this fucking thing hit it twi- four times in a row. <laughs> we were both up big money, and we're like, damn. Okay, so we were just having a good time. Started talking about, you know, gambling and what he likes, and he's seen my shirt, and he's like, you go to Vegas often? So we got on that subject. Turns out this guy goes to Vegas about four times a year, has a lot of fun gambling at our local casinos. Actually, 
mentioned the casino that Vince works at and a couple other casinos in the valley here, which he likes to visit. And he was talking about, you know, I, I, this is what I do, like on my free time, you know, this is what I do. I was like, well, you're the perfect kind of, kind of person to, you know, introduce the podcast to. Gave him a card, let alone he hit us up this week on Twitter as well, man. So again, Sam, appreciate all the feedback. I hope you're enjoying the show and it was a pleasure to meet and hang out with you. And thank you for the $100 that night. That was pretty cool of you. Nice. <laughs> Julian, you know what? I want to ask you, um, you've been talking more and more and more about the stadium gambling. Yeah. Are, are you, is that like your thing? Is that your go-to right now? Because yeah, I mean, it seems like every time you go, like you, that's a must do for you. So when we were going, we were doing the stadium. They had that hot seat promotion where, you know, every Friday they were giving out up to $10,000 in free play. Well, the la- next couple of times we, I didn't even know we were going. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and play. So I ended up playing. And the fact that you can play blackjack, play baccarat, roulette, all in one shebang, there's another game, I think. No, it's There's just two those, baccarat, yeah. uh, roulette, and yeah. Then so I've been I've been hooked to it. I've been having a good time bullshitting with the dealers. And again, it's one of those games that I don't have to worry about. You know, really thinking. Right. It's just a matter of sticking to it. So it has. It's been a lot of fun. Plus, you know, the pit bosses there are a good time. So that always helps. So well, because I've just been noticing, like you've been mentioning that even more than. You know, regular blackjack, anything like you just the last few episodes has been stadium, stadium, stadium. I was wondering if and it does seem like the tables have been getting fuller, like on the busier weeknights, on you know Fridays, Friday nights. And then a lot of them are like ten dollar minimums. Yeah, and so they'll jump up the tables, and you know how your casino gets up to like fifteen, twenty (laughs) five bucks a hand. I'm like, fuck (laughs) that. So I was like, hell yeah, five dollars, ten bucks here, I'll do it every now and then. Yeah. Jay, Jay, are you saying that Vince works at a quality establishment that can have higher? You keep it classy. Yeah, to Vince, yeah. Vince is high class ass for me. <laughs> <laughs> but but well, it gets it, Jay, it, yo Jay. Anytime, any anytime you want that uh, natural nine over eight action, <laughs> I'll I'll offer you fifty to one all day long. <laughs> <laughs> We could, we could set up a uh, Skype and you could you could watch the cards and I'll Venmo you as soon as we're done. <laughs> That's Here we hilarious. Go. Here we go. But you know what I don't like about the stadium is yeah. you can play all these games and you're betting, you know, dollars, but you have your card in and the equivalency on the points earned is very, very, very little. Oh yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's the same thing with blackjack tables. Like you're right. not right, yeah. and it, it but they don't measure it as in hours and right you know what is your average bet yeah they they give you points but there's st- it's still really really small because i was even at one point we were doing the hot seat promotion just to get build my points every time we played roulette i would do um 20 20 20 on the you know first 15 second 15 yeah. third 15 so no matter what i would get my money back but the the point equivalency was probably like for every 60 dollars i was betting i was getting like four points well, Kel, you got a kid too, though. Like even in our casino, without the stadium uh, gambling, etc. You know, baccarat, pie gal, roulette, and the carnival games. Those are our lowest rated games anyway. Right. Right. So I'm wondering if they're treating that as a carnival slash you know, roulette and, and that stuff, you're not getting very many points at yeah, all. Yeah, they have to. The only, the, only, the only problem I have with it is that they don't post it. Like, when I play video poker, it's it's posted on the machine. You're going to get one point for every $2 bet. 
it's not posted anywhere on the stadium blackjack. Like, what is your point equivalency? How many table games are showing you that, though? We don't show right. it. Exactly. But it's, but it's right. not a table game. It is electronic. And I have my card I, in accumulating points. If I'm playing, but, if but, I go to a blackjack table, is, it's just going to, you know, rate my hours. But, what what I'm know. saying, though, is with, with them having the dealer, there's even a pit boss over there. Correct. To me, it's... It's a table game to me, whether right. there's... But then they should treat it like that. They should treat it like that and not give you points, but rate you by the hour or rate you by, you know, uh, amount bet. They shouldn't give you points. And if they're giving you points like, th- like this this is, they need to have it very well stated. What is your point equivalency that you're going to be, you know, making or earning? Kelly, there's... Kelly, it's different games with different bets within the games. They all have different theoreticals. Right. So it's not it's Same. not like I, they could say Do they rate you by the amount per bet and then how long you're playing? Is that the general rule? Yes. Okay. Yeah. In our casino it would be, you know, a lot of people we've talked about this on on prior episodes where people are of the belief, you know, I bought in $500 and it's the dollar amount that I bought. It it has not, for us anyway, it has nothing to do with the dollar amount you bought in. It's It's like how much you're betting and how long you're there. Per hand. Right. And how long you're there. Right. But what you need to understand is it sounds like there's only one quarter of that stadium seating is actually blackjack. The other three, you got to think, is three of our lowest rated games anyway so are they're not rated the same Vince that's what I was assuming no 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 that's that's what I was just saying carnival games pie gal mini bock and roulette are our lowest rated games you could play 10 hours on a roulette game and 10 hours on a blackjack game and the blackjack player is going to be miles ahead of you in what they've earned miles really really and you're offering double Double zero roulette. Yes. Because the the hold on double zero roulette is like, like four times what basic strategy, decent rules, blackjack would look like. At our casino, the way so, that it's rated is it's – you're right in that the hold is there or whatever. But like, for instance, like Pi Gal and stuff like that, there's so many pushes. Oh, sure. So that's what I'm saying. Like the blackjack is on that stadium seating, but it's only a portion of those – four games or, or however many games are on that stadium seating. It sounds like there's four. Is that right? Yeah. There's, Baccarat, there's just two Baccarat and then a roulette and blackjack. Oh, so it's three. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. So in now I, Eric, I can't speak for all casinos, but I do know at least, I want to say at least four other table games, people that I know in different casinos, that roulette is also one of their lowest as well. Like it's just it's not rated the same. I, I don't know well, who came it, up with those. It might also be the the time in between. Right, right. you're not the, the amount exactly. of bets that are actually resolved per hour are probably less. And then if you have because there's the new roulette games now where it's a have you seen the double sided roulette where there's one dealer on the left side of the wheel, there's a dealer on the other side of the uh, the right side of the wheel, and it's full tables on each side. But instead of a dealer and a mucker, you just have one on each side controlling their table. Well, now you have to muck a whole table's worth of chips before, and then you got to wait for the other dealer to be ready. And then now you're, then you got two sides that are betting. 
So it's a long time between spins now, and I'm seeing more and more where it's going to that two-sided roulette tape. You're going to get, I would imagine the formula is going to drop even lower than what it currently is because they're eventually, it seems anyway, that they're heading that way where they're trying to get as many players into a, a compact space as they can. Now you have one player, do, or I'm sorry, one dealer doing all the work, then resetting the bets. The players have to have time to reset the bets. Then I have to wait for the guy on the other side of the table dealing his side. And then we both look at each other, nod our heads, say yes, and then we spin the wheel again and do it all again. I personally am not gaga over this game, yeah. but I'm seeing it more and more in different places. So um, I think it's heading that way. And I, like I said, when it does, I think you're going to see even less comp value on those games. Interesting. Well, it, it could be higher per dollar wagered, but just because of the time in between spins, like there might be substantially less dollars wagered per hour. Exactly. So th- there's, a, there's a lot of formulas to every game. It's not just a cut and dry, here you go type of thing. It, it, um, but I, like I said, for us specifically, the Carnival games, Pygal, Minibok, and Roulette are our lowest rated games. Spanish and Blackjack are by far ahead of those games, way ahead on comp value. Well, and I feel All right, so I'm I, coming to play Blackjack. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I feel like, and, you, and, know, like you know, like... And you know, the thing is, you can go to any casino and, and just out of our own curiosity, you know, I'm on the West Coast, you're on the East Coast. Next casino you go to, talk to one of the guys and say, you know, uh, what's the difference in rating between whatever games you're curious about and see what they say. Because I've had the conversation probably in every every place around here. Carnival games are rated way higher than blackjack. Wow, really? Whoa. Yeah, yeah. See, Carnival games are way higher. Yeah. But there, have you ever asked about the roulette Maybach then or no? No, 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 I haven't. Just uh, specifically Carnival games uh, versus blackjack. But it, it also may be that in Atlantic City, they can't back you off from playing blackjack. Oh, so, I see. Yeah. So, you know, there may be some punitive ratings built in because some people can beat the game and, you know, they can countermeasure, but they can't stop you from playing. And it, and it also could d- depend on what carnival games are being offered as well. There's, there's so many different variations of everything nowadays. I, I mean, even saying I'm playing Ultimate Hold'em, there, there's like right. at least five versions of that game that I know of. You know, there, mm-hmm. there are different ways to bet it and stuff. So that could factor into it as well as, as what variations are being played. So sorry to go off on a tangent. <laughs> You're good. I, I, I kind of feel like with the stadium gaming that got brought to our local area, the other casinos don't have it. So I don't, I don't have full 100% confidence that they know what they're doing because we just got an email a couple days ago saying, hey, if you come play these game, the, these carnival, these stadium games on Tuesdays, 4 a.m. to midnight, we'll give you three times the points. So I oh, can, wow. that makes me feel like they're not really um, sure how to point system it either on the card versus you just know what, your Kelly, I haven't been up there. I haven't been up there to check it out yet. Out of curiosity, how many total seated between four 18, tables? 18, 18 seats. total. Yeah. And there's one floor? No, there's so there's uh, two dealers. One on each side of the screen, Correct. right? Yeah, two dealers. Okay. One dealer d- deals both Baccarat, and then the other dealer does Blackjack and then a roulette. And yes, there's one floor, one pit boss. Because the only, the only other thing that I was possibly thinking was, 
it might be too much for the one floor to handle because I haven't seen it. So a, a part of it could be you're not getting rated properly. Maybe you're betting $20 a blackjack can and, you know, $5 a spin on roulette, but he's, you know, he's not caught up or whatever. And he's a little bit behind on what your actual. Well, that's, bets could be. That, that's the thing. Big, Vince. Big they're not, factor. they're not rating you. Like the pit bosses, they're not rating you. You're solely getting points from having your card in the machine. Which I thought so was interesting. Just, so if I sit down at Blackjack and Julian sits down on Minibop and we both insert our cards, we're both getting the same comp rate from the way you understand it? From the way, yeah, from what we're seeing. Yeah. See, if we ran it, I don't think we would. I think the person that would have their, just because the way that our comp system's built now or our point system's right. built now, is the Blackjack player would be earning more. So I, I would think that I, I wouldn't like that for the fact that they're blanket betting everybody. Like, once your card's in, you're earning a penny every three minutes, what, whatever it may be. I don't like that when I could be betting $200 on the blackjack game and you're betting $5 on the roulette wheel and we're both earning the same penny. You, right. you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm going to extremes on, on the value, but I'm just... No, I understand. Yeah, and I, I remember, yeah. like, Julian was betting just a dollar blackjack right when we got there. And, like... 10 minutes in, so you're talking maybe he bet 10, 12 bucks, he had two points. <laughs> Balling. <laughs> like, that's how the, the system was kind of going, because I was like, man, if, if they're going to actually give him points dollar for dollar, even every $2 bet one point, I was trying, you know, roulette, I was betting the 15 or 20 bucks on blackjack, and I just was only getting maybe two or three points for what I was betting, you know, dollar value. Yeah. yeah, well, and it does seem like it's still all trial and error with him, because... Mm -hmm. This recent time that I went, Kelly and them were out of town, and I went to another casino before this, but we'll get back to that. <laughs> I went to go check it out and play a little bit, and their Baccarat table got updated because one game was one-to-one -one banker payouts, and then on the other game, they had just changed it to, um, what is it? So if I bet a dollar, I would win back 95 cents. So they're starting right. to change things and maneuver things within the game, and I think they're trying to find that sweet spot for them. Eric, could that be part of it too, just out of what your opinion might be? Because Julian is saying that there is – you can bet the dollar on blackjack. Do you think because they, they can bet so low that maybe they have dropped the formula on that a little bit because he, he could lowball it so hard? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's – They're sort of back-ending it maybe? I'm sure that's, that's part the only of thing it. I can it, think. it also might be, well, it, it might be the perception of points earned versus what's actually happening in the background. You know, their data may say that Julian was betting a dollar and Kelly was betting $60. You know, things are happening where it's not giving them a point total that they're seeing in real time. Right. So, you know, this, this might be, uh, I, I have experienced not quite the same thing, but where action is tallied on on an electronic table similar to a traditional table where you don't see the points in real time, but after your session ends, then it's calculated and added to your account. Oh, I see. Okay. Right. Yeah. So like when you leave a table right away, your points aren't there, yeah. right? Everything gets processed. Yeah, because it goes into the system and then it transfers from... And, and the problem that a lot of these casinos have, including us sometimes, is we have two different software systems trying to get communication between each other. Like there's 
an Oasis system in the pit that transfers over to what is it, Pit Boss, or I, I'm trying to think, I'm confusing myself, but it's two different software companies, and those values have to stay correct. Well, we notice sometimes when people cash out, you know, we have to track MTLs and stuff, people in $3,000 and stuff, and CTRs when they get to 10000 you know, with the Title 31 and everything. Well, let's say, Eric, you come into my casino and you just bought in 10000 you played for a couple hours, and you left with like 15000 I could look two minutes after you stand up and you're not in that second system yet. But I go back 10 or 15 minutes and there you are. So there's some sort of communication delay between the pit system and that other system um, that's tracking it all, which also is part of the uh, rewards uh, program. So there's definitely a delay. We've never had actually anything where it just disappeared flat out where this person never showed up over here. We don't know where that play went, but there has definitely been delays before because we'll call the case and say, hey, somebody's coming in with, four, you know, Eric's going over there with $14,000. Make sure that's what, you know, he cashes out. If not, we need to write a report. He only cast out 10. So he pocketed four. He'll be back at a different time, et cetera, et cetera. And they'll go, we don't even have this guy in the system. So we have, we have to like give it a second call a couple minutes after that. There's some sort of delay. So sometimes it could be a software thing too if they're not um, streamlined with the same software problem or uh, same software companies. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to phase out one company to where it's just the same software all the way through the process from us through the MTL, the, the Title 31, the comp system, all that stuff to where it just all runs under the same program. But up until recently, that wasn't an option for us. So I don't know if that's how it is in a lot of places where one company does this software and this other company does the other. So I'm, I'm not sure if that could be part of it as well in some places. Yeah. And it also could be that the numbers that we're talking about are so low. Like if you're talking about a dollar bet and we're talking about a game with like a 2% house edge, right. like there's just not enough mass for it to accumulate to anything. Right. So th and, and right, that's what I was saying was, and, and they, like I said, they might've even dropped the formula down because there is even a dollar bet on blackjack that is way below standards in everywhere except maybe state line Nevada is that I've seen dollar blackjack. So maybe they back ended that formula as well too. So I, I don't know. I, I, I got to be honest with you guys, you know, I've been in this business forever, but this stadium thing, that's a new thing for me. Like I haven't even checked it out yet. So I, I don't mean to sound like I don't know what I'm talking about, but in reality, I really don't because I've never seen that table. So I, I would have to uh, investigate it a little bit more. Maybe I could find you guys some numbers. Well, whenever you're ready, we can take a trip. And go play some blackjack. <laughs> get my dollars ready. Yeah. Why would I go to get three cents back? That's true. <laughs> right. And Kelly, Kelly, can I offer you some unsolicited advice? You can solicit it too. Either one. Uh -oh. <laughs> All right. So the, the play the first third, second third, and third third in order to generate some comp dollars. That's that's not the way to do it. No, I was just testing it out to see if, in fact, because it was a new new machine, if they were giving one to one because it wasn't stated anywhere. So that's the only reason I did it. I don't really play roulette at all. 
Like, I, I only like playing blackjack on that machine. So Right, the- but what he's trying to tell you is, well, I guess I guess I understand what you're saying because I, o- I only did it because for one bet. Yeah, no, really. I, I only did it because some lady was like, oh, I was just boosting my points. So I play all three because I get my money back each time. I'm like, well, that's interesting. So I did. But I, well, played, I played it like 10 times. And that's when I was like, you're only getting like three points. And I'm, I would get all of my money back each time. But, was, you know, well, correct. I mean, all, all, almost almost every time. I mean, oh, the, so, there was one time that I got double zero. Yeah, you're right. There was yeah, one time. So you. Get, right, so you definitely took a bath on that without any. Yeah, so uh, I mean, th- there's been gimmicks for a long time where people try to cover the outside on roulette, and the equalizer is always the green. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a single zero or double zero, it's really not that insignificant of a number. Right. You know, there's. And I just right, don't get so, roulette anyways. You know, I mean, you have the what? How many numbers are there? 36? Six, yeah. Maybe? Yes. Okay. You got the one. 36 and then the zero, double zero, and now you're even seeing the triple zero now. Oh, so geez. technically yeah, there's 39 numbers. This but, one has, yeah, a single and a double. I just and, don't And you know that's co- the, like we call that the devil's game, right? And do you know why? No. Because if you add up all the things on the table, it adds up to 666. Really? Yeah. Like, if you ask one of the dealers where you're going, some of them will say, I'm going to the devil, and that's what they mean. Oh, they're, that's they're very interesting to know. It, I, it, like, if you add one plus two is three, and three plus three is six, if you add them all up like that, it comes out to 666. Interesting. I never knew that. And that's also the one game that Einstein said can't be beaten. Oh, it, I didn't know I that guess either. he racked his brain over that for a while, and tried to figure out how to beat the game and after a certain amount of time he came back and said this game can't be beat which makes but sense. but i'd still like you all to play it though <laughs> yeah i'm sure you would i'm sure you would <laughs> okay. and yeah and if you look at the roulette table also i think it's the i forget now i think it's the red it forms a snake so they'll, they'll call it the devil or they'll call it the serpent game or whatever. So it adds up to 666. And one of the colors, if you follow it all the way down, there's a head, a body and a tail. So, yeah, it's. So it's everybody stay away from roulette. That's what he, that's what Vince is saying. Stay away. It's the devil's game. <laughs> but some people will say that about casinos in general. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> stay away. Don't talk to those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> you will not convert anybody. Guaranteed. All righty. So one thing I thought was interesting, I went to a small card room, which Vince knows of pretty well. And when I walked in, I apparently knew like five, six of the dealers that had worked that overware at a different casino we used to go to. <laughs> so I was like, holy shit. Well, so I sat down at some Spanish 21 and I got a couple blackjacks and I'm realizing, oh shit, this is six to five. You know, right off the back, I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. Well, in these card rooms, I'm sure you guys know, Eric, You, I'm more than positive, you know, they have the guys on the side that can be the bankers, right? And mm-hmm. Not even five minutes in, I just sat down, not even five minutes in, this guy on the table next to us starts yelling, right, in Spanish. He's like, what the hell's going on? Why does this guy keep getting my money and all this and that? And I look over, and apparently there's a guy in second base that was banking. The original banker, he was actually playing the blackjack. And then there was a guy on third base, the Spanish guy, who he was playing blackjack, but apparently he was losing. And every time he lost and he saw his money get shipped to second base, 
he couldn't figure out and wrap his head around what was going on. So now he's starting to get pissed off. Apparently he lost three hands and he's like, no, I want to talk to somebody. So the supervisors come over and of course they're all Asian. They can't speak Spanish and they can't help this guy out. And so I asked him what's going on and he's like, I just don't understand why my money is going to this guy. I'm telling him, well, hey, he's the banker right now. That guy that's usually the banker, he's not banking. He's playing blackjack. He's like, no, 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 this makes no sense. Started getting belligerent, was already drunk off his ass. <laughs> Eventually got himself escorted out by their, by their security. I go and we go and sit back down. And of course, the guy next to me is trying to figure out what's going on. I'm like, hey, it's no big deal. Guy was drunk, couldn't figure out what was going on with the whole banker scheme. Now, are the banker that was sitting at our table, he's just kind of smiling, right? Well, I realize the guy next to me is drunker than a skunk, too. And this guy's doubling on seven. He's got, you know, six. He's doubling with five. And I'm like, dude, you're crazy. I don't give a fuck, right? Well, he was winning nonstop. He was making the dealer bust and everything like that. And we're, we're winning. And so next thing you know, guy on third base on our table, he's got his phone out. And he's on the phone having a conversation, right? I'm like thinking, okay, this is totally different than any casinos we can go to. Then after he's done with this phone conversation, he starts recording the hands, starts recording the play of blackjack. I'm like, what? this is weird. Like, there's no like fucking limitations right. there. I was just like, yeah, this is a little shady. I'm out. You know, I have to get out. Like, it, it would just, Vince, there was no rules, essentially. Like, they, they had people on phones. Cell phones were yeah. on the table. I mean, it was weird, bro. And you know where I'm talking about. And it was just right. weird. Like, I've <laughs> never seen anything like it. I'm like. Yeah, it, it's. It's like Thunderdome in some of those places, man. Like, it, it's, it, it really is. Like, it, it's... I don't... Uh, here's, here's something that happened to me a long, long time ago when I first got into the business. I went into one of those card rooms, and they had blackjack, right? Yeah. So I bet, um, I don't know, it was maybe 50 bucks, 100 bucks on this hand, right? I get a 20. The dealer has a five up. And the card down, right? So we go through the playing of the hands for the whole table. Yeah. It gets to the dealer. He flips over a joker and he picks up all the money. What? And I'm all what? I'm all what the hell just happened? <laughs> and the guy goes, or the dealer goes, I I got a joker, and I'm like, okay, congratulations. <laughs> and he goes, that's an automatic twenty-one. And I'm like, you're telling me that Joker's a fucking 16 and because he had the five up. And he goes, it doesn't matter what my other card is. If I have a Joker, it's a 21. I said, have a good night. Threw him five wow. bucks and I walked. I never went in to play blackjack again. Yeah. I, 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 I've, it, it's rules that I, I mean, the no bus 22 and all that. I, I can't. I can't do it. I, I, I'm too... You know, especially as long as I've been in the business and the position, I mean, I'm just too regimented. I, I can't, like, I start getting anxiety attacks and shit. Flip over a joker and grab my money. Well, what? There's no way I can play a game like that. I, I don't know why people would. The, that house advantage, one card changes everything. It's amazing. And people are still sitting there with hundreds in front of them. That's how bad people want to gamble. Damn. What would have happened if a player got a joker? Do you? It was automatic for them as well. Got it. Which, okay, that's fine. But, I, I mean, for somebody that had never played that game, you know, I guess I should have asked or whatever. I guess that's on me. But I wasn't, a, you know, I've never thought to walk into a blackjack table and say, you got any jokers in there? <laughs> yeah, I never right. <laughs> right. 
I guess that's my bad, but it, I I feel you know when there's a special circumstance on something like you got to post that somewhere. Right. Yeah. Joe Throttom wins something somewhere. But it, it, I, I looked on the I looked on the scout, I looked on the signage. Nothing mentioned the Joker. So how the hell would I have known? You know, I, I, I already had the idea that, you know, they had the 22 no bus thing. I, I knew that was going to happen. So I wanted to try it out and see, you know, how big the advantage was for the house and stuff. I wasn't looking to, like, win a ton or lose a ton. I just wanted to try it out, you know, try and, uh, you know, figure out the numbers in my head, the you know, the household and stuff as they're playing. I was trying to run the numbers in my head. But literally the first hand, he flipped that joker and I was done. I, I don't give a fuck what the odds are or what the household is. You just show me that it's 100% when that comes out. So I'm going to go over here. Wow. Um, what a trip. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I've never so, heard of Joker Blackjack. So I don't know if they still have it or not. So they used to call it like California 21 or something like that. It was something weird. And I was like, yeah, I'm never, I'm done. Mm. Nuts. Yeah, that's not blackjack. <laughs> that was the bad part. I felt like, you know, my eye was open and I was just hanging out for everybody to just, here you go, whip it across me. Go ahead. Wow. Jeez. Yeah, at least you tipped so, the guy. Yeah, well, I, I mean, it was that or punch him in the throat. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So let's get into a little bit of NFL talk, college football, sports sports betting when it comes to football for the most part you know i have plenty of questions i know vince is big into football kelly she dabbles in a little bit of every sport and i know (laughs) eric you're well into the sports as well and again i'm not huge when it comes to the sports stuff and i thought this would be a good opportunity to introduce some of the newer people who are interested in sports you know on how they can approach the the game so when it comes to sports betting i guess my first question for you guys is what are the different types of sports betting that are out there? You know, I know it can be confusing when people start reading money lines and totals and overs and unders and all the different verbiage for them. What is what is the standards that you guys start with? What would you recommend for a first timer who's interested, should I say? For me, the first thing I would say is don't do anything except the side or the total. Don't don't get too deep into it to begin with and you know, parlays and money lines and all that. Just start very basic. A side bet is, you know, you're, you're looking at the New England Patriots minus three over the New York Jets plus three. What that's telling you is that on a neutral field, the New England Patriots are a three-point better team, which we know that's bullshit, but I'm just giving you examples. Yeah. And so what you're saying is, is that, or what the sports book is telling you is on a neutral field, the New England Patriots are three points better than the New York Jets. So at the beginning of the game, if you took the Jets plus three, the game starts at zero zero, right? Right. But they're giving three points. So you're gonna be plus three to start. You're actually winning at the start of the game, three to nothing. And conversely, you would be the other way with the Patriots. If you took the Patriots minus three, you're losing at the start of the game three to nothing because you've given them three points. So what you have to do is if you took, say, New England at the minus three, you have to win more than three points. So if you won by four or more, you won. If the game ends, you know, 10-7 New England, it's a push because you gave them the three points. So technically the game ended at 10-10. If they won by less than three, they would lose. 
So to keep it the most basic, for me to tell somebody that's never made a sports bet before, don't do anything except sides or totals. Now, the totals is you're going to see next to that Jets-Patriots game over under 53 or whatever it may be. So what that's telling you is you get the option of betting on the game. doesn't matter who wins. All you're saying is the combined score is going to be either over 53 or under 53. Whatever the score is at the end of the game, doesn't matter who wins, whatever that final score is, if you bet over 53 and it ends up 27 to 26, that'd be 53, it's a push. But if it's 28-27 for 56, you bet over, you would have won. So I would keep it very basic. I would only bet either the total of the game or the sides. I wouldn't start getting into money lines. Well, maybe money lines wouldn't be too bad, Eric. What do you think for a, for a starting? Yeah, then you're I, just I, who's going to win. You're, you're just so. betting who's going to win. I, I think money line is definitely um, At for least a beginner. Play. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I think money line is fine for a beginner. The way that it's going to be posted is going to be either minus or plus, yeah. and it's telling you how much money you would have to wager to win $100, or if you wager $100, how much it'll pay. So if your money line bet shows minus 180, you would have to risk $180 to win 100 and if it says plus 120, if you wager $100, they'll pay you 120 plus return your bet. So that... That plus 120, assuming this is at a legal sports book, you would hand them $100. And when the team that you bet on wins the game, it doesn't matter by how many points, they would return your $100 bet plus the 120 that you won for a total of 220. And that's also telling you who the favorite and the underdog is in that game. If the, if the minus uh, 180 is on one side, they're telling you that's who should win the game. That's why you have to bet more to win the 100. And then conversely, at the plus 120, they're telling you this is the weaker team. If that team wins, it would be an upset or considered an upset. We're going to you would bet 100 to win the 120. That's why it's minus 180 to win 100 for the favorite, 100 to win 120 on the underdog. So that's basically what that's telling you when you first look at the board. It's telling you who should win and and who should lose. Interesting. Okay, so. Me and Kelly, when we first started going to Laughlin, like, we never did sports betting. Obviously, we didn't have it here. But when we started going to Laughlin, Kelly, you know, she'd go crazy. She'd be on, you know, her freaking video poker machines, and she'd take a break and go pick up her sports ticket. And I'm like, what, what, are, you, what are you looking at? When I first started looking at all these numbers, I'm like, what are you, what are you betting on, you know? And she's, she's explaining it to me and breaking it down. Now, when it came to, you know, the favorites and the underdogs and all that, I started picking up on that. Now, recently, you know, I'm starting to get more into it with her and stuff. And like I said, she dabbles in a little bit of every sport. What I would say and ask of you guys is, what's your guys' approach when it comes to sports betting? Is there a certain way you like to bet? Do you have a system that you look at? And do you guys take notes on your bets and keep track of all that stuff? I know, Eric, you're a big, you know, note taker. So I know you guys probably do a lot of that. Uh, Me personally, I am an Excel spreadsheet guy. I literally write down every single bet that I have for how much, how much I won, lost, what the final score was. I write every single thing down. And the reason that I do that is from my own personal tracking. Okay, I have multiple sports books online that I use. 
Um, I, I, I pretty much have five different uh, sports books that I use, one for each sport, but not necessarily like just because one's an NFL uh, sports book where I seem to get better lines for that game. I'll still search the other sports books and make sure that I'm getting the, the better number. And just because that's my football sports book doesn't mean that I won't put a baseball bet in or whatever. It's just wherever the better number is, that's where I'll place the bet of the five. But in general, you know, I seem to get better NFL ones with this sports book, better college basketball with this sports book, et cetera, et cetera. But the reason that I track it on Excel, and here's a problem that I would tell a beginning better, is one is bankroll management. And two, you're going to track it because here's what I see a lot of people do all the time that drives me friggin' crazy. Eric bets a ton of baseball and he's losing, but he's killing the NFL, right? He can't lose an NFL and he can't win in baseball. But at the end of the week, he's plus 300, right? Well, to him, he's a winning sports bet, but technically he's a winning NFL player, not a winning baseball player. And he needs to analyze that, okay, I have issues over here on the baseball side. What's my problem? But if you're not tracking it, you don't know that. If all you're doing is at the end of the week, you're looking at that net result, you're, you're, you're shorting yourself. You're hurting yourself in the long run because you don't know where your strength or your weakness is. I mean, in the back of your mind, you know, you know, hey, wow, I've been getting crushed at baseball. I'm doing good in the NFL, et cetera, et cetera. But let's say it wasn't. 10 winning NFL bets and 10 losing baseball bets, but I'm plus 200. What if it was eight and seven, you know, eight winning here and seven losing? Like you start losing track of how good you're actually doing in each sport. So I literally, I have a spreadsheet for college basketball, college football, NFL, and then I have a miscellaneous one because I don't seem to bet outside those sports very often. I, I do some baseball, but for, for whatever reason, I, I like to take the summer off, enjoy the family, enjoy the kids, mm-hmm. and just sort of recharge my body. Um, take a couple months off because once August hits, you know, towards the end of August, I'm sleeping about two hours a night until the end of March Madness. And that's <laughs> literally the truth. That's the God's honest truth because every night I'm handicapping, tracking, whatever. So. Me personally, the the two biggest things for a new gambler would be money, uh, bankroll management and make sure that you're keeping good records. You know, before Excel, I used to have notebooks on top of notebooks where I just I wrote everything down. So I don't I would imagine it's probably close to the same for Eric. Very, very similar. So I think the number one thing that uh, all sports bettors should look for, but especially uh, new sports bettors, as you said, shop the price. I think that's the most important thing. When I'm looking at what action I'm going to place, a lot of it has to do with um, the opening line price movement and whoever's been left behind. So that, uh, for those of you unfamiliar, what that means is uh, consider it gambling with a coupon. Yeah. You basically get to uh, make the bet that you want where either you lay less money or less points uh, or you're able to get more money or more points should that wager win and if you're going to do this regularly that makes more difference than anything else secondarily and it it depends on where you're gambling i know nevada doesn't do this a lot uh, but in new jersey specifically and in places offshore online 
different books offer different promotions all the time. Take advantage of the promotions because there are uh, books now that on certain days are offering no juice. That means you're not going to pay any extra percent for them to take the bet. So if you wager $100, you're playing to win $100. And a lot of them have uh, odds boosters and things of that nature that are um, different ways where you can get more return for your dollar wagered. And all you have to do is look. So don't fall in love with any one book. Don't decide that, you know, I'm just comfortable with this one because you're you're paying a premium. And like Vince said, different books handicap different sports differently. And once you get into the more exotic bets, there could be a very, very, very big difference in how they're handled. Once a bet is resolved, you may find a, a huge difference in payout from one book to another. Let, so, let me jump in there real quick, Eric. Yep. One, one thing that does drive me crazy about bettors that I see time and time again is they don't pay attention to the juice at all, and it drives me crazy. If I'm betting and I get a number at minus 110, which is I need to bet $110 to win 100. And Eric's getting it at minus 120. You know, at a $100 bet, okay, it's not that big. But when I'm betting $1,000, $2,000, now you're getting into the hundreds in difference in juice. And people, I see it all the time, you know, I'll have friends come up to me and they'll say, oh, I got the Rams minus seven. And I'm like, what was the juice? Because everywhere else is, you know, six and a half or seven and a half, whatever the number might be. And not one of them can tell me. And you need to track your, your juice. Just like the number is important, you might find better juice at a different sports book. You right. might find the there's, same number, a, but their juice could be different. Right. So there's a value to every point, every half point, um, and every dollar in juice or vig that's being charged. And sometimes only getting six and a half points with no juice or with low juice could be a better deal than getting seven at minus 130, right? So it, it's not just the spread. And um, I, I don't think, I think we're delving beyond like the 101 level conversation yeah, that we're going to have. Right. But, but it's just important to understand that you are paying a premium for this and not everybody is going to charge the same premium. So get right. the best deal possible not, for you. Not every minus seven is the same minus seven, I guess is the best way to put it. I might make more value out of that same seven than one of you may have, depending on where you bet. If mine's at minus 110 or even even money and you guys are paying juice or minus 120, there's a big difference in that same number seven. That, that So that whenever you place a bet or, or you go into a sports book, you're going to see the game number, the teams, the spread, the total. And then you'll see something on the far right of it that'll say minus 110, minus 150, or it might just say plus 100, which is an even, even money bet. Okay. That number you need to pay attention to just as much as the seven, especially for those of you, you know, um, that are betting online. You don't even have to walk outside your bedroom. You just have to click a different window in your browser to see which which one's giving me the better, you know, the better juice. One, they both might be minus seven. But like I said, they could be different numbers. And then you also have to assign a value too. what if one of them's minus six and a half at even money and the other one's, 
you know, plus seven at minus 110. Then you got to decide, okay, where am I at there? So that it gets way deep. But to just start, don't just think a seven is a seven or a three is a three. There, there's, you got to figure out how much you got to pay to get that money back. Okay. And Kel, how's your approach? Um, Parlay. Yeah, I love parlays. <laughs> they're my absolute favorite because they're they're like slot machines. You know, you can put, you can bet little and get a great return, but the chances of hitting that return are slimmer and slimmer the more that you the more teams that you put together saying they have to win by you know either points or so many um, total or whatever. My question that I was going to ask you guys before we dived in a little bit more: Are you guys more? against the spread betters or favorite betters oh you mean a, a favorite or a dog you correct mean? i think everybody has the natural instinct to want the underdog to win and it's always better to i, I think the innate feeling in people is would you rather get seven or give me seven right would you rather give me seven points or would you rather i gave you seven points so people have that mentality of well, hell, I, you know, I don't want to give them seven. I'd rather get the seven. You know, I'm starting the game seven nothing, even though the Patriots are 13 points better or whatever. A, a lot of people, it's just built into them where they 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 just want to. For one, they want the underdog upset type of win because those are always more fun and dramatic. And you want to get things, you don't want to give things. See, I'm completely so, opposite. I I, I may, maybe one time in a blue moon will bet the underdog i am always a favorite better because in in my brain my theory says i have all these professionals saying that this x team is this much better than the y team and if especially in football if it's a three point spread a six point spread i'm like oh it's only a touchdown it's only a field goal and i'm like my team can do this i have faith with that that quarterback and that wide receiver are both starting this week this is going to happen I mean, and, you know, there's so many variables, you know, first play well, of the well, game. Somebody the the can one thing that I would say blow. is the big flaw in your betting thing, and, and it, it works for you, that's fine. And every, But for you to say, I'm usually betting the favorite, you shouldn't have a pattern. Like, you, it, the numbers should tell you where you should be. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't consider myself a favorite better. I don't consider myself an underdog better. I just... I consider myself getting my money in with the best of it, wherever, whatever side that may be, I couldn't give a shit as long as I feel my money's good. But if you feel that you're always consistently betting on one side, then you might want to adjust a little bit. No. And, and, and that's where I plan to learn from you guys this season. (laughs) Oh, that's going to cost. It's learning how to do that. (laughs) You give stuff like that away for free, Eric? I've been doing it for a couple of years now, but uh, yeah, I'll do it to, too. To, I like Janice. Yes. Gentlemen, I am, yeah, for, I am giving oh, you for, my for husband. What? I, I have oh, given you my husband. <laughs> I remember an MF a while ago. <laughs> the beginning of the show is motherfuckers. Now it's gentlemen. I'm giving you my husband. That's fair payment. <laughs> Wait, you're giving me a weight? Sharing is caring, right? <laughs> It, I, I mean, do you, Eric, do you consider yourself, I mean, do you see yourself, oh, I'm 90% I'm betting the favorite? I, I don't even look no, that way. No, it's all, it's all price-based. Yeah, it's so, getting the best of it. I mean, getting so, your money in the best of yeah, it. Yeah, so most of my action, if we're talking football specifically, 
it starts with um, recording all of the opening lines. Okay, mm-hmm. so in in Vince's scenario, New England was a three point favorite to the Jets. And if I see that most of the books are now moving to three and a half and I still see one book that still has three and they haven't added juice to it yet, I'm going to pick up New England minus three regardless of what I think is going to happen because there's better value on that bet relative to whatever else is out there. And the nice thing about football, because the games are once a week, these lines can move and sometimes you can pick up value on the other side of the same game so it's possible that i could have new england minus three and the jets plus four or even more depending on what happens and i might have action on both sides of the same game and i'm hoping for the number to land in the middle right right so everything you know i some people are looking at three eric just to correct you you said three and four and i want it to fall in the middle uh you would need it uh uh just to be clear for the people that you would need it like three and five. You three want to get five. the fall on yeah, four. Yeah, but yeah, but you know what? If it's three and four and it you're right, it's and not it's a middle. But if it lands but if it lands on three, I'm pushing one and winning the other. And winning the other, correct. Right. So I just didn't want it to be confusing for the people. No, that, I, I I appreciate it. So price is gonna dictate what I'm taking. Point spread movement is going to dictate what I'm taking. Uh, and it an evolving process throughout the week each week so you know you could wind up starting the week with action on one side and based upon line movement and what's available have more action on the other side so i could have started rooting for a new england win and cover and by the end of the week based upon the bets that were available i might have more money on the jets and there's there's also i mean this is going to get pretty deep or whatever so Sunday night at the end of the, the the one nighttime game, there's lines coming out already. And there's something, I mean, this like I said, this is deep into the betting thing or whatever, but there's something called recency bias, right? And what that is is the last thing you saw is what dictates where you're going to go next, right? So what, what might happen is, let's say New England beat, or I'm sorry, let's say the Jets beat New England, New England beat Pittsburgh, and the Jets play New, uh, Pittsburgh next week. Your gut instinct is, well, the Jets beat Patriots, and the Patriots beat Pittsburgh, so that means that the Jets are better than Pittsburgh. But we all know that it doesn't work that way. But in the general public's mind, there's something called recency bias where you're going to look at it and go, oh, man, uh, the Steelers are getting one when truly the Jets should be minus five or whatever. But because you saw them beat the Patriots and the Patriots beat them, the number is going to, and the books know this, like let's say the Jets should be minus three. They might put the line out at minus five and people are still going to jump on that minus five and give up two points of value because everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, the general public casual better is going to go, oh, they're going to kill them. They're just going to flat out kill them, have no number in their mind, have no idea, but in their heart and, and their eyes of what they just seen, oh, they're going to kill the page or uh, uh, Pittsburgh. But what they don't understand is there's matchups and A is greater than B doesn't mean A is greater than C. Like it, it, it's two totally different things, but they call it recency bias because it's the last thing you've seen 
and you automatically, it pushes you into a certain direction. And it's sort of like a misdirection, if that makes any sense. And along the same lines, and it's more so in college than with the pros, but it does happen with the pros also. You're going to see some teams that have a very big following where the bookmakers know that there's going to be extra money put on those teams. Dallas, Pittsburgh. Dallas, Pittsburgh, right. Uh, Chicago. Those lines are going to be adjusted based upon the expectation of um, uh, money coming in. Yeah, just money coming in. So a lot of times, and again, I do this more so with college than with the pros, I'm looking to fade teams that have a very large following because there's usually a premium built in for those teams because they know that they're going to get handle on those teams and they know that they can charge more for it or offer less points for it. Um, I'll I'll tell you right now, one of the teams going forward that is going to be adjusted that way is the Raiders because once they go to Vegas, they're going to get a lot of hometown money and it's going to adjust and it's going to adjust quickly. So if you're a Raider fan here in California, get ready because you're going to start paying a premium on those bets. You know, when they should be minus three, the lines might, you know, the true line should be minus three. The numbers are going to come out. Raiders minus five or or whatever. But you're going to pay extra. Or let's say they should be getting three points. Now it might be plus one. Now you're only getting one point and you've lost two points of value because it should be three. But that's that's one of the big teams that everybody's talking about. Like they're they're already um, I was looking at a thing already for futures bets on the Raiders. They are, they are at, oh shoot, I have the wrong paper. It's something ridiculous, like they're 50 to one to win the Super Bowl. I will look you in the face and take every $50 bet, anybody, or 50 to one bet that's out there if they want me to cover it. But they know that the Vegas money's gonna start coming in, that they started dropping the future bets. So that, that's one of the things to look at that Eric's talking about, the public bet teams. Dallas, Pittsburgh, Bears, um, now the Raiders, teams like that, they're going to get a lot of money on those teams. You're never going to get the true value out of the line. So when it comes to your favorite teams, your, your, you know, your diehard team, as do, does it make it hard for you to bet against them or with them sometimes? I back my wallet before I back any teams. So... I grew up a, a fan of certain teams, and so the Mets and the Jets are my two teams. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't had a whole lot of success <laughs> in my lifetime with them. Um, I can watch them without action, but if I have action, again, the price is going to dictate which side I'm on, and if the action is on the other team, I'm rooting for the other team. Like okay. it, it, There's no... Um, allegiance to a team over my wallet. Okay. Right. And for me, it's pretty much the same way. I'm a Yankees and New York Giants. And the way that I do it is I can look at a game unbiased. And if I think the Giants are going to lose by a certain amount of points and the other teams give it, I'll bet against the Giants. However, if I bet against my team, I will not watch the game because it's just not fun. 
Um, okay. it, it takes the, the joy out of it for me. For one, I'm watching my team lose, but my bank's getting fatter. Right. Or my team's winning and my wallet's getting thinner. It's a no-win situation in my heart. So it's easier for me to just turn off the game and see the result later on that night. And, you I, know, if I, I need to handicap, then I'll go back and I'll watch, you know, highlights of the game or whatever. But by that time, it doesn't hurt anymore. Now I'm doing analysis of the game. Yeah. And, I, and there's the old rule, um, good teams win and great teams cover. That, that's, you know, I, I, don't, I, I don't have the bias anymore. My bias is to feeding my family. So um, whoever's winning, don't care if it's my team or not. It just, it will dictate whether I watch the game or not. That's all. I used to bet against my teams regularly. One, because, I, again, I'm a Mets and Jets fan, so, you know. <laughs> Easy money. <laughs> Easy money. The other thing is I, I kind of went in with the um, thought process, how much would I pay for my team to win? And I don't, I don't have the allegiance that I did when I was younger, but I used to think – and. Uh, maybe playoff baseball, regular season is too long, but would I, would I drop a nickel to watch the Jets? And if I would drop a nickel to watch the Jets win, then I should bet on the other team because one of two things is going to happen. Either the Jets are going to win and I'm going to lose the $500, but I would have paid that to watch them win. Right. Or they're going to lose and I'm going to win the money. So it, you know, I don't, I don't do that anymore just because the, the volume has gone up to a point where it matters and I can't just say, you know, whatever, how much would I pay? Um, but I think for a casual better, that's not like a terrible way to look at things when betting against your team, right? Yeah. Like you're going to, you're going to walk away happy about something. Well, and I agree on the sense that, you know, betting on a game uh, even like on two teams you have no interest in. If you got money on the game, the game is that much more interesting. You know what I mean? Just now you're in. Now you're watching. Now you got something to root for. And now you're really sunk, sucked in. So, I mean, I get that side of it. And Kelly, there's been times where, you know, she's she's the one that introduced me to like parlaying bets. And I remember one time in Laughlin, I had a six-team parlay and all I needed was Atlanta to cover. And they went into overtime and lost it. And, it. and it was exciting because I'd never rooted for Atlanta before in my life. So going into it, I was like, okay, well, can this team do it? So it did. It made it fun. It was, it was really interesting. But there's also a term I'm also curious about, and I've heard it a few times. The public getting smarter. What does that mean? Um, well, it used to be, you know, even just five years ago, there's sharp betters, which is that's the guys that they consistently win. They're on the right side of the of the win and the, and the loss when they're betting. Um, and then there was a square better, which is those are the people that they're betting the public teams. They they're betting, um, uh, you know, Michigan in college football, Ohio State in college football, but they're not betting Ohio from the MAC. You know what okay. I mean? They're betting yeah. the big name teams yeah. on. TV. And it used to be that everybody would bet the games that they could see. So every weekend, what? You had Notre Dame on TV on NBC, right? Yeah. Every Saturday, you know, growing up, I remember Notre Dame being on TV. And there's, to this day, there is a ton of money that is bet on Notre, Notre Dame. And up until maybe the last couple of years, they have been that great. But the money still flies in on them. Okay, so what it is, is there's these people that 
oh, I watched the game. I know exactly where these guys should be. They don't handicap. They just, they do, they sort of do the A is greater than B, so A must be greater than C thing, the, the recency bias. I just saw, saw Notre Dame with USC's ass, so they're going to kill Michigan or, yeah, Michigan, whatever. And it doesn't work that way. But because they watch the game, they know this team's better. But they have no idea that they're three points better and not seven points better. But now with the internet and all the sports books and all these, you know, there's a lot of TV shows now. Um, you know, ESPN just started the Daily Wager. There's, um, Eric, have you watched the one on uh, MSG, Follow the Money? No, no, I haven't. Seen um, there's that one. FS1 just started one uh, a betting program called Lock It In. These people, they're, they're getting smarter. There used to be a huge gap be- between the consistent betters that knew the actual true number of this team is 10 points better than this team, but I'm only giving up seven. I'm getting three points of value. I'm firing away. I'm betting it. And then here's the public going, wow, this team's giving me seven points or, or whatever. And they were always just betting with emotion and not knowledge. And now they're betting with knowledge. The internet, you can look up statistics, you can look up, you know, the last 20 meetings between teams and and stuff like that. And unless you actually, back in the day, sat and watched those last 20 games between the people, you didn't remember who bet who. Now I can look it up in a split second and, you know, the, the series is tied 10-10 or, or whatever, even though USC's won the last three games or, or whatever. Back in the day, it wasn't like that. It, it, there was no knowledge. You, there was a lot more betting with your eyes and your heart than the actual numbers. And now the numbers are staring everybody in the face, and that gap is getting between the very knowledgeable handicapper that's always got the best number, the best money. That gap is is closing. It's getting a lot closer to where the general public and that guy that's living off of sports handicapping is getting closer and closer. Okay. So I, I mean, I, Eric might have a different. No, I, I, as well, I but. no, I think you nailed it. I think that, uh, especially right the now, the internet has changed everything. Like you wouldn't believe. Well, I, I think just since the repeal of PASPA, like the the gambling content, sports gambling content that's available for the regular public is through the roof. Uh, it may not all be good, but there's certainly a lot of good out there. Um, you know, I listen to VEASAN regularly, which is a uh, Sirius XM channel that all they talk about is sports betting. And, you know, I know other people that started out as – like really just, um, you know, ploppy betters. Like they, they would just come in and bet on their team and not look at lines and not look at anything. And they listen a little bit here and there, and now they're a little bit more knowledgeable. You know, ESPN, when they do the crawl on the bottom of the screen, now they're showing what the, uh, I don't know whose line they're showing, but they're showing a line right. along with the team's record before the game starts and, you know, the time that it's going to start. There's just information everywhere now. So even people that aren't specifically looking for knowledge, they're absorbing more. And it's coming fast and furious on an everyday basis. I I will give this caveat, though. 
be careful as a new better with information overload as well. You can go off the deep end the other way as well. You can go from not knowing enough to place a bet to where you've given yourself so much information, you knew in your gut that the right number was uh, Patriots minus three, but you've listened to so many, or you've read so many conflicting reports or so many conflicting guys on the sports talk radio or whatever, that you actually didn't fire away the bet because you froze yourself. You've given yourself so much information, you don't know which way to go now. So you can go the other way with that as well, to where you can you can just burn out your own brain to where you scare yourself into not betting, and now you've missed a bet that way as well. So you gotta be careful. There's there's a fine line where you just you can't overload yourself either. Go with people go with a few people that you know and trust or maybe you don't know them, but you seem to trust their opinions and 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 the way that they seem to handicap games, you feel comfortable with them. Just find maybe two or three of those guys if that's where you want to start. If you want to start following people, just sort of follow a couple guys and go with that. I've seen guys that, uh, you know, a couple friends of mine, they might have 10 guys' opinion. That's too much. You're going to kill yourself. And by the time the game kicks off, you haven't made a bet because you don't know which way to go now. Yeah, and those opinions might be split six to four. Exactly. And that's why you're frozen, because now you don't know which way to go. So if you're going to follow somebody or trust somebody's opinion, keep it to, you know, maybe two or three, if even that. You know, me, I, I handicap myself. I, I do my own power numbers. I did a seminar in Vegas uh, maybe 10 years ago where they taught me how to, you know, create my own power numbers and stuff. So I don't really follow anybody. The only thing I do now is I kind of make sure on injuries or something, if a number's way off, I'll uh, double check that I'm not missing somebody's injured or whatever. But just be careful. Just because the information's out there, just like everything else on the internet, just because it's on the internet doesn't mean it's real and it's right. Man, oh man, just as it starts to get good. We had to cut it off. And the only reason I'm doing it this way, guys, is because I didn't want to drop a three-hour-long episode on you guys because I know how hard it is to listen to stuff like that as I listen to a lot of different podcasts. Also, our second part, you guys might want to keep an eye out. It should be up in just a few days, if not by the beginning of the weekend, mainly because the NFL season's starting and we want to, you know, for you newbies who are interested in getting some bets in or putting some action down, you guys know what to look for. The third part should be up by the beginning of next week, if not the middle of next week, as our buddy Eric is in Vegas with a bunch of our friends hanging out at Vegas vacation event that's going on, hosted by the 360 Vegas podcast. And to everybody that's out there, we hope you're having a blast. One thing I don't want to forget to mention, if you guys are interested still, we still have the Blackjack strategy cards that are free. The only thing we ask is that you guys go on iTunes and leave us a positive review of the podcast. Send us a screenshot through our Twitter account or email and we will send you out five or six of them so you can have one and share some with some friends it helps spread the word about it and that's greatly appreciated also if you guys have topics ideas or questions or anything you guys want us to chat about or cover we would gladly be interested in hear from hearing from you guys we always enjoy feedback you guys can get a hold of us at our facebook group vegas confessions podcast or our twitter account at vegas confessions pod or even our email VegasConfessionsPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, and feedback, like I said, is always appreciated. So I really hope you guys are enjoying this stuff, because you know, obviously, just from listening back to it and doing the editing, I know I always enjoy it. So until next time, guys, cheers. First things first, I'ma say all the words.
inside my head I'm fired up and tired of the way that things have been Oh, ooh, the way that things have been Oh, ooh Second thing, second, don't you tell me what you think that I can be I'm the one at the sale, I'm the master of my sea Oh, ooh, the master of my sea Oh, I was broken from a young age, taking my soak into the masses, writing my poems for the few that look at me, took to me, shook at me, feeling me, singing from heartache, from the pain, taking my message from the veins, speaking my lesson from the brain, seeing the beauty through the... Can't. <laughs> 